folks, and welcome back to another episode of Generation Red, the kettle corn of Husker Fan Podcast, where we try to be sweet, but at times we get salty. I am your host, Ken. And I am your other host, Scott. We appreciate you watching, and please do us a huge favor if you're watching on YouTube. Just pop out of the main chat window right now and just give us a like. Helps other folks find the content. Also, don't forget to share this on your local social media. And Generation Red is where you'll find us on your favorite podcast app. If you happen to be a subscriber via uh, Apple Podcasts and you haven't gotten the latest uh, shows that we've put out, please unsubscribe from that old feed. Do another search for Generation Red and resubscribe and you'll be getting all our new stuff plus all the stuff from the past. So tonight we are covering dun, da, 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 a victory. Yay. Yay. We finally get to have a positive show at the beginning of this season uh, that actually had the football team looking really good uh, in many ways, uh, seeing the blueprint that Rule said he wanted to implement, especially as the fourth quarter is concerned, where we're able to dominate the line of scrimmage, run the football, and take the clock away. Uh, it was outstanding. We're going to break all those numbers down. We're also going to flip the page after we do that, and we're going to take a look at the Louisiana Tech Raging Cajuns and see what how that team squares up against Nebraska. And then at the end, uh, we'll give our score predictions and make a bold prediction about the game. So uh, right out of the gate, you know what? Golf was fun this week, but it was not eventful. <laughs> we played. It was uneventful. It was it was pain. At least it didn't get dark, right? It did not get dark, but yes, that was some pretty bad golf across the board between he and I. Um, just not, just not the best. The weather was awesome. The oh, weather was really yeah. awesome. There was no wind. It was cool. It wasn't cold. It wasn't warm. It was perfect. It was just like, you know, everything was a little bit wet because of it. So that was the only mm -hmm. kind of negative side of things. And, oh, man, I just made too many bunker. Like, or I, I didn't make enough bunker shots when I made it into the bunker. And uh rest is history. <clears throat> yeah, it is what it is. We played how we played. And we'll, we'll go right back for more punishment this week, I'm sure. Um, yep, for sure. So uh, but you know what? Turning our attention toward the game as we kind of get get into talking about the NIU game, one of the coolest things about doing what we do, folks, is not just just sitting here on camera and talking about Husker football, but it's the people we've gotten to meet. Um, namely, a lot of the podcasts and whatnot that have been very supportive, like the Go Big Redcast, Husker Army Podcast, all those guys. Uh, meeting those guys has been fantastic, but when a fan reaches out, when somebody who's listened to you for a while reaches out and says they're coming to town and they love to meet up, that's kind of humbling, you know? And uh, so Jake, off of Twitter, huge shout out, dude. Thanks for wanting to hang with us a little few minutes before the game. It was it was so much fun. He was, uh, well, he's a gamer, so of course he's kind of your people, right? Yeah. Yep, that is, that is correct. Um, Jake and I, we kind of just met in like a little Twitter exchange last season during a game of some sort or whatever, and we both were just bouncing off of each other. And um, and then yeah, and then there was a uh, there was somebody that we both coincidentally follow at the same time on Twitter, completely unrelated to Husker football. 
uh, more video game related. And I make a comment on it and he comments kind of on my comment and the rest is history. And now we play video games together occasionally, you know, we're busy people. So uh, we, it's, yeah. it's kind of hard for us to find times where our schedules align. So, um, but any chance we do get, we do play uh, video games. And so this was the first time he and I ever met. So uh, shout out to you, Jake. It was a pleasure, an absolute pleasure to meet you. Um, yeah, we'll just have to make something like that happen again. Um, hopefully sometime sooner rather than later. But um, yeah, yeah, it was it was a really, really fun experience. And yes, that exchange on, on Twitter I thought was pretty... Uh, pretty funny shout out to greg for that one yeah any of you that are listening to this after the fact in the audio only you don't have the benefit of the graphics yes. i have up Explain on the screen this. but uh we put a picture of us hanging out with uh with jake who goes by the handle on twitter of texas toast and greg from twitter whose handle is uh <clears throat> at gwad underscore 1982 if you want to give that sicko a follow um he said in a comment, you're not bred at all. <laughs> and then Jake, of course, being a good sport, came right back, said, I've gained a lot of weight in the last year. So I feel like half of me is made of bread at this point, which I can relate, Jake. Uh, I can certainly relate. So bread is good. I love yes, bread. Bread is awesome. Bread of life. It's my awesome. wife. There was there was a couple of weeks or a couple of months ago where we were trying to plan our date night and it you know normally it revolves around some sort of like you know staple. It's like, do we want steak? Are we feeling seafood? Are we feeling you know pasta? Whatever. Well, for one reason or another, Kelsey just was like, I want like bread, but like not any kind of bread, like rolls. She wanted to go to a place that had rolls. So of course we went to Texas Roadhouse and. Oh God, those are good rolls too. Um, yes, yes, we ended up getting two orders of it um, and steak, so it was kind of a win-win. But um, yeah, no, those that that I I can understand the being made of bread part. That that's uh that's something that's uh a, a very a very very cherished part of life. But yeah, no, it was a good it was a good time. It was a good time meeting meeting him for for a little short bit there. Yeah, it was. He's a good dude. Uh, nice guy. Just said he really appreciated the fact that we were as friendly to him on Twitter as we were. Apparently, I'm guessing his past is not too pretty when it comes to dealing with people on Twitter. Because Twitter is kind of a melting pot of shitheadery, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. um, and especially amongst fellow Husker fans, it seems to get really vitriolic very quickly. So, But there's really nothing bad technically to talk about the game from last night so we'll move on to that um, all right well, it, was good bit, it was a little bit rough in the first half um but as i look back at the stats the beauty was nebraska scored in every single quarter seven points in each of the first three and then 14 points in the fourth quarter which signify exactly what matt rule talked about all along get to the fourth quarter, the game's close, or you've got it in hand and you just run the ball and uh, take time off the clock. And the 11 points NIU scored was in garbage time against probably third, fourth, maybe fifth string defenders. Because um, I didn't see a whole lot of the guys that were out there 
for most of the game on defense out there at that point. So yeah. there were a few idiots on Twitter that were just being idiots and talking about how this is unacceptable. We'd held them to three points for three and a half quarters. The defensive coordinator screwed up, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wow, we will find anything and everything to criticize about this staff it's, if it's at all possible. How about we just enjoy a freaking win that was actually pretty comfortable? But that's just me. Anyway, those are the team statistics real quick. Is there a stat on there? <laughs> I mean, if you look at the left side of the screen, yeah, those stats stand out immediately, right? Yes, I think I think if you look at Northern Illinois' total yardage of 149 yards and only 26 of those yards being on the ground, it, it stands out pretty, pretty uh, prominently. And then having over 10 minutes... Uh, time of possession difference mm-hmm. um, between them. That's that's huge. And then and then you can just look at the third downs. Our third down efficiency was not that great in the first half, if I remember correctly. And then the second half, we were super clutch on third down. So we made some mm-hmm. adjustments. We did some things. Our first drive was good, but I think it was probably just because it was scripted. Um, but yeah, I mean, our penalties, five for 70 versus NIU ha- only having two um, still have some things to do in, in those, you know, uh, procedural or technical areas. But, right, you know, I think five is OK. I, I don't think I don't think five is necessarily going to lose you any games, but it certainly doesn't help. But yeah, no, I think when you look at these stats, you can clearly see which what the winning team is here. And thankfully, it's actually Nebraska and not the stupid trend where you can look at a game. Maybe not at this level. I don't think I've ever seen Nebraska lose a game with this kind of uh, stat line like mm-hmm. uh, like difference. But yeah, do you have any uh, any stat lines that? Uh, so I, I I named quite a few. Are there any other ones that may or may not stand out to you? Um, I love the fact that the offense. Um, and I did not write down necessarily the attempts difference between passing attempts and rushing attempts. I believe it was forty two rushes to twenty four passes by Nebraska's offense. Yeah, and I love like that. that. Um. I loved that it it uh, <laughs> Redcast Rob put something out on Twitter last night about 24 rushes or 24 passes compared to 42 uh, pa- uh, rushing attempts. This is me right now, and it's a picture of Tom Hanks on a gif of Tom Hanks on Castaway, and he's bent over, basically no clothes on, and he's cleaning something, but his arms going like this. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, that's Rob God. for you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's a whole red gas, yeah, Rob. That one stood out to me. The fact that we atten- uh, averaged 5.1 yards per carry between all the rushers on the team, mm. uh, if, even though that offensive line from our vantage point looked like they had struggled to get a push uh, for a lot of the game, but when they did, they made things happen in the backs, made some, got through those holes, and the, and the uh, running, obviously the quarterback, Heinrich, was just, he ran so hard. And it was so fun to watch. Um, so there you go. Those are your team statistics, folks. I'm not going to read them all off. That gets boring. But Ooh, I do. I do want to actually ahead. say there is one statistic that I don't think either one of us went over that I think is is something we need to credit this, the, this these guys um, turnovers. 
you can look and you can see one turnover that we lost. And it's one of those that isn't a stupid turnover. It isn't a dumb turnover. One that was caused because of pure, uh, you know, negligence. This was just Mm -hmm. a, this was just a fluke in the pocket getting bumped, you know, getting, getting an arm thrown in there and knocking, knocking the ball out of your hand as you're going to throw the ball. Um, so they cleaned up turnovers. Is it just because of Harburg? Was Harburg the difference? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I think that you could pretty much say, yeah, pretty confidently, but who knows? Maybe, maybe they just felt better going into this game and they it's felt right. ready to go. Yeah, there's that. There's some truth to that for sure. There is a pass, if I recall, it was the third quarter. I think I was down in the concourse waiting for my hot dogs, <laughs> or get it waiting in line for a hot dog. Yes, uh, where he threw a pass over the middle, and uh, he didn't see the linebacker coming, cutting up underneath, oh, yes. and it was almost picked. Uh, yes, but other than that, down. I don't recall any real issues for Harburg at all as far as throwing the football and putting it in danger. So Satterfield obviously had a great game plan to protect him from turning the ball over. And if not for a missed blitzer uh, deep in our own territory uh, that, that Bryce Benhart, who's played well this year missed, um, he doesn't fumble there. So yeah, that wasn't on him. That was in the fact that he barely got back in, ready to throw the ball and he was being smacked. So, yeah. Um, All right. <laughs> ready to move on? Yes. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, individual statistics. There you go. Wasn't pretty, obviously, for the NIU offense. Rocky Lombardi, 11 of 28 for 73 yards. Uh, they couldn't run the ball for crap. Leading rusher was 16 yards. It's a pretty bad day at the office. Uh, and then right behind him, fourteen. Woo-hoo. Yeah, yeah, four Barn for fourteen. Burners. Rocking it. Um, meanwhile, Nebraska's rushers, almost all of them, were over five yards or just short of five yards per carry. And Grant kind of stood out to me. He did the most with the few times he touched the ball at six point six yards per carry. So mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, the ball was spread around to quite a few receivers. Looked to me like Harburg. Knew what his first read was. There was a few times I saw him looking, and that was the only place he was going. But there were a few other passes where he kind of looked around and found guys to toss the ball to. So, um, Fedoni, it's nice to see him emerging. Yeah. um, Because we're going to need him, especially in that Big Ten schedule. You really need a tight end that you can dump the ball to uh, over the middle against some of these defenses. So, um there you go. Those are the individual stats on offense. Defense. <laughs> this is so much fun. Ah, gosh, that defense was good. Holy smoke. It, it, like that, there's that note there at the bottom. NIU did not reach 100 yards of total offense until two minutes left to go in the game or right around there. And that was only because, you know, we weren't running the number. The black shirts weren't out there playing. Even the guys backing up the black shirts, I don't think were out there playing. Maybe right. I think he came out when he got that interception. That was when the scrubs were in on defense as well. So, um, But yeah, 23 defenders for Nebraska registered a tackle. 22 defenders for NIU also registered a tackle, which was probably smart. <laughs> they probably didn't want to run the same 11 guys out there in that atmosphere. So, um, no. And they got a pretty good defense. They were pretty dang salty. Um, 
the one coming in next week, not so much, but we'll get to that here in a few minutes. Um, rest of the team, uh, besides the top three tacklers for Nebraska, combined for 39 tackles, 17 of them solo, three sacks, two and a half tackles for loss, and two passes defended. So there we go. That's our defense. Anything there other than how well our defense played? Is there anything that you saw that our offense really took advantage of on their defense? That our offense took advantage of on their defense. Um, I would say that it was just our overall size and, Mm -hmm. and stamina, you know, like it was, I think that's why it kind of took us a while for our, our offense to really find its rhythm. I think that mm-hmm. they just needed to feel comfortable and confident, so, you know, like psychologically. But then on the flip side, it's like they, they needed to gain actual physical confidence on the field. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think. I think that's what we ended up seeing. I don't know if we'll be able to see that kind of, you know, second half kind of that's when they look really good you know are they going to be a second half team like like rules you know teams in the past i believe tended to be Mm -hmm. um so are are we going to be are we going to see that it looks like we're seeing the trend of that um and seeing it on the offense is actually pretty heartwarming because of of all the things that we've experienced in the last three games Mm -hmm. two of those games were offensive disasters and so seeing Mm -hmm. our offense start to wear their defense down like the game plan that we thought we were going to get to see play itself out like right we were so we got to see it that's what was so fun we got to kind of see we got to get a taste of what matt rule has been saying and Mm -hmm. and i mean NIU, I'll give them credit. You you did you make a good point. They came in, they looked salty, they looked ready to go. They mm-hmm. gave us a hard time. I think they got enough film of our weaknesses. Unfortunately, we displayed all of our weaknesses to the world. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I think every defense we face from here on out are they're gonna kind of know what's up. So we're we're already kind of gonna be at a disadvantage against every team we play. And so we shut Rocky Lombardi down. I will say that on our defensive side of things, we shut Rocky Lombardi down. That's what I remember talking about before when we were previewing this game. Uh, we needed to see what Rocky Lombardi were we going to see? Were we going to see a guy who was unproductive and was turnover prone? Well, we saw a guy who was unproductive and for the most part was not turnover prone, but did throw that one pick. Um, so good on our defense, our defense, you, you said it, you wrote down there and like, for those who are listening and I'll reiterate, and I, you did not reach a hundred yards of offense until two minutes left to go in the game against mm-hmm. our third and fourth string defense. Like I remember mentioning, mentioning that exact kind of stat line to you after the game. I'm like, I'm pretty sure they didn't reach a hundred yards until there was like five minutes or so left in the game. Yep. And I'm actually shocked that it was two minutes left. It took until two minutes before they got over that century mark. It was on That's their last incredible. drive. It was on their touchdown drive that they actually got over two over 100 yards. Yep. That makes sense. Yep. Wow. 
any uh, any thoughts that you have on this particular uh, stat conglomeration? <clears throat> that Tony White deserves a raise <laughs> at yes, the end does. of this season if somebody's courting him and wants him as a head coach or wants to bring him to the SEC or something as a defensive coordinator. We need to pay the man, keep him around, because he's clearly a dynamite teacher. Really good at getting the concepts communicated to these guys, these kids that have hung around with the program for three or four years and two defensive coordinators before Tony White showed up. Uh, Wow, just amazing what he has accomplished. Um, I believe I read somewhere that Matt Rule at his yeah it was i was watching the press conference last night and matt rule had credited eric shenander bill bush um and linebackers coach uh, for teaching these guys how to tackle and for being so good at developing these guys to where they were ready to be molded into this defense you don't hear that very often from a new coach giving credit to the previous coaches and it's really refreshing um so that's pretty cool that's pretty cool. That's what stands out to me. Um, special teams wasn't what I would call special, but it also didn't hurt us, right? Other than yeah. Kemp catching that punt inside the 10-yard line when he shouldn't have, there really wasn't anything on the special teams that, that bothered me. Um, Bushini did his job, wasn't spectacular, wasn't awful. Um, Tristan Alvano made every extra point, never had to attempt a field goal. So God bless them. Uh, special teams were good. Theirs were good enough, right? They did what they, they needed mm-hmm. to do. So I have uh, a question for you. Yeah. Our, so, so far in three games, one thing we need to be thankful for as a fan base is how solid mm-hmm. our special teams has been in three games so far. Yep. Um, night and day difference between uh, years past. Um, I thought last year's was pretty good, better than it had been in years past. So it improved. Um, And then the improvement this year so far has been good. I would say that my litmus test uh, uh, or like the, what would it be like the crucible for this special teams unit? Like the the Mm -hmm. moment that it's going to mean the most is going to be in two areas. One, when we're tied and there's less than a minute to go and we get in field goal range is Tristan Alvano going to be clutch enough to kick a 50 yard field goal to win a game a walk off field goal and then the second thing is if we are winning a football game by four points right Mm -hmm. and we are at our you know we're, we're at midfield we're at the logo right there's a you know a minute and five seconds left. You need Brian Bushimi to punt that ball inside the five. It needs to be a 98 yard field for that opposing team, so they can't go drive down the field and win. Uh, win like a game. Colorado did to tie the game last night. <laughs> exactly. Um, so those are those two moments in this special yeah. teams unit where I'm going to judge and be like, are they an elite special teams unit or are they just really good? Because, you know, I'll give them, you know, I'll give them credit. If they can't, if they can't pull off a super clutch final game moment kick, that's 50 plus yards, you know, like mm-hmm. that's, that's a hard ask for any kicker. Um, 
Same mm-hmm. thing with a punt. Getting a punt to to you know corner out or get it to where your guys can you know ground it right inside of the right inside of the five. I mean those those two things are very difficult to do. So if you can't do that every game, I understand. But if we see any one of those moments this year, I'm going to be ex- like ex- just thrilled. I'm going to be over the moon. So I'm very proud of them where they're at right now, and I will forever be grateful for special teams units. I'm going to say this until the end of eternity. Um, I really hope, you know, 15 years down the road when uh, we're still doing this podcast, we've won a couple national championships. <laughs> And we have a whole new generation of, of Husker fans that are listening to podcasts that, you know, let's say they were like two or three years old when our greatness began, which is now, um, obviously. And they, you know, they're, they're going to look at me talking about special teams and they're like, why is this guy so hyped about our super elite special teams units? Like, dude, they bombed 65 yard field goals, you know, like who gives, who gives a crap about this? Why is he always talking about it? It's like, you don't know. You don't understand. You don't know what we've been through. So um, this next slide is one that, um, there you go. One big moment. Now, um, we wanted to talk about this. What was the moment in the game where the game turned I'm going to fill yours in for you because I don't think you realize how much impact that particular moment had. See, see what I'm holding in my hand right here. Uh, it's very tiny. It'd be called oh, pocket smarty. The pocket smarties. <laughs> I had a whole pocket full that of smarties was, folks. And I would really give them out like Pez, like a Pez dispenser. Well, at least a couple of them anyway. And that was at a moment in the game where I think the offense made a turn, but did you have one of those moments um, that Nebraska accomplished or that NIU accomplished that maybe could have turned the game or did turn the game? Obviously, nothing turned for NIU, but hmm. this one's fine. I mean, you could take – I really wanted to take that sideline pass that uh, Harburg threw to Fedoni, I believe, for a third down conversion in the third quarter that was really crucial. Um, that was a big moment because I think we went on to score on that drive um, or flip the field, one of the two. Um, but this one's mine. The crucial moment in the game was, oh, crap, here we go again after we fumbled inside our 10-yard line. And then the black shirt said, uh-uh, we're not going there again and held him to a field goal. To me, that was I it. Think- that was the game in a nutshell right there. I think that's probably the biggest one you could probably point out. Mm-hmm. Um Mine isn't as like exciting as that. I think that one is phenomenal. Um, like seriously, if you don't, if 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 you don't do that, if you don't do that fumble, mm-hmm. and you, I mean, I don't want to say if you don't put your threes and fours out there. No, you put your threes and fours out there every single time. But if for whatever reason they they come up with a stop, we could have had a shutout. Pretty, we were very close to shutout potential there. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm very, very, very proud of them. Um, my, I wouldn't say it's a big moment like that, but my big moment was 
Well, first it was a moment of confusion. It was a big moment of confusion. It was a moment of what is, why are you doing that? That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen was when Thomas Fedoni scored a touchdown and started shushing the crowd. (laughs) And you kind of go, what are you doing? Like, do you forget where you are there, sir? Like you're, you're at home. Um, And, Mm-hmm. And then it dawned on me. I don't know if it was last night. It was sometime. I think it was. It was sometime last night. It was while I was watching uh, the Colorado and Colorado State game. My realization was, no, he was shushing the haters. Yep. Or no, maybe I mentioned it to you. Maybe I thought about I it think earlier. You're right. You said I it. I did. Yep. I did. I did. Because I was like, no, he was. World. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He was shushing his haters. And like. Because everybody was saying, oh, Thomas Fedoni, he ain't going to do anything. You know, he's been injured too long. He's irrelevant, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Well, now he leads our team in touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like touchdown receptions. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what what do you want him to do? You know, like he's mm-hmm. he's doing some things out there. So him shushing his haters, I thought was kind of fun. It was a little bit braggadocious, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> a little bit more bravado than I would f- when I, that I would normally condone, but you know that dude's been through a lot. If if he goes through all the injuries, or if he you know the injuries that he has gone through, if he is able to pull through and continue to grow as a football player and become more and more successful, I'm. <laughs> I'm going to be so proud of him. Um, I'm yep. going to be proud of him regardless, but my goodness, that would be. Dude is athletic. Dude is. He's got talent. When Harburg was looking for him, he was open. So that yep. was impressive. Um, next slide. Players of the game. I yes. forgot to write yours in. I apologize. I don't remember if maybe you had, you had the um, offense. Oh, like I did. I. Um, I didn't. I didn't pick one. I oh, just put question marks because there was nothing oh, significant. There was nobody on offense that was. I just picked the quarterback that led the touchdown drive. Obviously, yeah. he's the player of the game. He got him down there and got him a score that wasn't a field goal. So, um, and then we both, of course, picked Heinrich. Absolutely deserving. Two hundred fifty-six total yards, three touchdowns total between one on the ground and two through the air. Defense. We both picked the guy that caused the fumble. He had a decent day, three tackles, two of them solo, one sack, a tackle for loss, and a forced fumble. Um, I picked Javen Wright simply for making the interception. He also had four tackles and one solo. You got Big Nasty Nash, which he had a heck of a game between him and him and Ty Robinson. They seemed to be in the backfield an awful lot when it was pressure time. So I think we both picked some good ones for sure. So a couple of... uh, Post-game reactions. This one cracked me up. I don't know if you saw this, but Kevin Schutz from 10-11 interviewed Harburg one-on-one. And Harburg met Tommy Frazier, Eric Crouch, Matt Rule. They took a photo right before he walked up to the podium to do his part of the press conference, Heinrich did. And he says, Mr. Frazier told me I needed to slide a little bit more. And I said, I did never see him slide. (laughs) 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 And I thought that was pretty, that was pretty good. (laughs) And then, you know, um, right. Yeah. I, I thought that was brilliant. 
then he said something at the podium that really grabbed my attention too. He's talked about his playing weight. He said something to the effect that, you know, he play he has a hard time keeping his playing weight steady. He generally is in between that 215 to 220 range, but tonight he was kind of last night he was kind of at that 210 range. He said, but I can play at 210 and I'm going to play like I'm 230. That's why he runs as physically as he does because he said it's just the way I was raised. I thought that was a pretty good way to endear himself for sure to, you know, Husker Nation because we love, we love us a running quarterback that's not afraid to run over people like a linebacker. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, Whipple didn't want to have anything to do with him in his offense and Frost couldn't figure out how to get him on the field and all that. Like we're seeing what Heinrich's capable of. Is it good enough to keep him starter when Sims is healthy? I don't know. I personally believe if you're injured, you shouldn't lose your starting job. But part of me wonders is if he was fixing to lose his starting job, whether or not he got injured or not. So we'll see how Rule handles it. Could be interesting. Uh, we'll see how Sims handles it. He seems to be a classic kid. So um, yeah. it should be interesting. Any any thoughts on on those comments there? Well, I just find it so fascinating, the Harburg story that, I mean, he's a dude out of, you know, middle Nebraska. He's he's an absolute athlete. Mm-hmm. One of the things that was a highlight of, of his was his capabilities with his arm. He just needed a lot of refining with his arm. Um And so seeing what he was able to do last night, it wasn't flashy. It wasn't spectacular, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't filled with mistakes. Right. Um, And so I think if you're, if you're a head coach, I mean, come on, you can't look at this quarterback situation and go, you know what the logical choice is to put Sims back in so that he doesn't feel bad. It's like, cause that's really, that's really the only like that's really the only way that you can compare these two quarterbacks. It's like, well, let's see. We have a sample size of two and we have a sample size of one. One mm-hmm. looks good and two look bad. It's like, yeah, one's a lesser sample size. So if if Sims is ready to go by Louisiana Tech, it's like, I don't I don't care. Give Heinrich one more. See, compare him evenly. Mm-hmm. If Heinrich has it goes two for two, has two good games against lesser opponents, you know, I understand that. Then you let him fight it out for the, the right to start against Michigan, right? If yeah. especially if Sims is healthy, yeah. I, you know what? Maybe I, I, maybe I you give him what you're saying too. Maybe Absolutely. you give him two quarters and you say, okay, Sims, you were the starter, right? But you got injured, so you get to start quarter one against Michigan. Mm-hmm. And if you go in and you're hot and you're blowing things up, all right, then you get your job back until you do anything that's crucial. You can make a few mistakes, you know, you know, like do an intentional grounding here, take a sack when you could have just thrown it away a few seconds before, you know, a few Mm -hmm. of those mistakes, just no turnovers, please. Mm -hmm. Um, But if he has a really bad and shoddy, you know, first quarter, well, then Heinrich Carberg comes in in the second quarter and you see what he does. And then at halftime, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, now you ask the team. You ask the team, all right, who's playing better football? Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, that's who your guy is. If they say if they say Sims and we as the fans like are like, what the heck? It's like, well, the players decided that's what they wanted. That's who that's who they want leading them as a team. So it's like, well, 
Sure. To death, you know, or to to victory, whichever one. So um I like Heinrich Harburg for now. Mm-hmm. I, I think he I think he starts in Louisiana Tech with Louisiana Tech. Maybe you see Sims if Sims is feeling ba- better. Maybe Sims comes out in a package or two. Who knows? Never know. But um, never know. Yeah. Well, we've kind of started transitioning to Louisiana Tech, so let's officially do that. And before we do that, I'll just remind everybody: if you're watching us on YouTube or if you're listening to us on the podcast uh, later on, please don't forget to like and subscribe. Don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube and you're wondering where our Apple podcast show went, well, it's still there. It's just a different feed. You need to unsubscribe from the feed that you're on now and just do another search for Generation Red and resubscribe. You'll get all of our old stuff from the beginning to up till now. And uh, because up till now, you've probably been missing the last eight or nine episodes or so uh, because the feed changed. And Apple podcasts can be a little persnickety when it comes to changing feeds. So, um yes. Anyway, we appreciate appreciate you doing that. We appreciate you liking this video and sharing it on your social media. We'd really appreciate that as well. Uh, Here we go. Let's turn the page to Louisiana Tech. That's what they did against North Texas. They lost. (laughs) And they're kind of like, they don't play much defense either. But we saw how, you know, Colorado didn't play much defense. And then suddenly they figured out how to stop us. Well. Then again, we stopped ourselves, really. So, yeah. Um, but there you go. Those are the numbers for Louisiana Tech on offense. It gave up 32 first downs on defense while only generating 21 of their own. They weren't bad on fourth down or on fourth down, but they were horrible on third down. That gives me yeah. a lot of hope for our Four defense is going to have a a good time. You I know? hope so. So. There we go. Uh, they also were even in turnovers, so that's a good thing. Apparently, they're pretty good at taking care of the ball. At least they were this last week. Um, but Balance they, on offense. Look at those penalties for North Texas. <laughs> Nine for 115, and they still win. <laughs> My goodness. That's a lot of freaking yardage to lose because you're being an egghead. Um, I mean, that was Colorado State last night. Oh, if they Lord were, Almighty. Yeah. If they didn't have all those penalties, I mean, that's an entirely different game. Yep. So that's what we're anyway. looking at. Yep. And they lost the time of possession. I see this next game with them going pretty much the same way. Focus on the run. Try to do twice as many passes or twice as many rushing attempts as we do running. But uh, so players to watch for offense. For me, I'm going to be watching the running back because he was good. Six rushes for 152 yards, 9.5 yards per carry, average, yeah. and a touchdown. So he had a good game. Apparently, North Texas wasn't very strong up front. And then I'm we're both looking at, uh, for defense, the defensive back, Miles Hurd. He did have 14 tackles, eight of them solo. So he had a pretty good game on defense. But. Being a leading tackler and you're a defensive back, that means your front seven aren't doing a very good job. So, yeah. That is very then, true. Uh, your offensive player is the quarterback, right? Yes. String. He's the guy that came in second, I think. Yep, yep. Hank Bachmeyer. Um has a pretty good stat line for the year so far. I think he's got over seven or yeah, 700 or 900, something like that. Total yards of offense so far. Um, hold on. I just had it. 
Yep, 700. 700 <laughs> yards of offense so far. Um, has a 66% uh, completion percentage across the season so far in four games. Um, so, yeah, and he has a five touchdown to two interception ratio in that, but he's been sacked 11 times. So we could sack him a lot. I don't I don't know how mobile he is. Does he have rushing yards? Uh let's see. I yeah, he has negative eleven. He has negative eleven. Sacked a lot. <laughs> yes. Yes. Twenty-five attempts. So I'm assuming eleven of those are the sacks. Um and so clearly not that mobile of a quarterback. So mm-hmm. our defense could have a heyday with him, but if he can sit back comfortably in that pocket, if our offense isn't able to get a good push on their, or if our defense isn't able to get a good push on their offensive line, there, he might have a few mm-hmm. options. Um, and same thing with what you said to go with that is like their, their running backs could have options. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just things to, things to keep an eye out. Keep an eye out for. I just saw on Twitter that with the performance by the Black Shirts last night, uh, Nebraska is now aver- is now the second ranked rushing defense in the country. Wow! At like one point seven or one point eight yards per carry. So, um, yeah, we'll be looking to stop the run first, no doubt about it. And looks like they could run the ball pretty well, at least against that North Texas offense. So, um, Anthony Grant, we both picked for offense. As far as guys we're going to watch, um, I think he did the most, like we said earlier, I think he did the most with the fewest carries as far as what he was able to produce last night. And he looks like he's really got that wiggle back, too, that it seemed like really wasn't there at the beginning of the year. Um, yeah. Vision's back. He's finding the spots where it's a little soft, where he can go and get some yards. So I'm going to be definitely watching Anthony Grant, and I'll be watching him in person. So that's going to be fun to go with your Younger brothers and um, Joey and Levi are going, and your mom, I think, too. So, sweet. 30 kicks. So, that'll be fun. Defense, I've got Quentin Newsom. He came close. He was that. Was that, was it Newsom or was it Shingleton, Singleton that almost had that INT in like the third quarter? I don't remember. <laughs> they overturned it and they called it an incomplete pass instead. Whew. That was a good one. Did my, did my sneeze come through? Oh, yeah. Ah, dang it. I tried to get to the button in time. Just didn't work. I was like, no, but I just didn't want to punch it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that 48 volt doesn't kick off too quick. It takes about a half a second. So, Um, so yeah, I've got got Quentin and I've got Nash Huttmacher. So, um, yes. Sorry. Sorry. I had to blow my nose there. Sorry. I've got I've got Nash Huttmacher as my guy just because it's like, is he going to be able to create more pressure on their quarterback? Is he going to be able to stuff their running backs and get some TFLs and all that stuff? So I'm looking at our defensive line. Are we going to be able to dominate their offensive line? So that's just my theme, I guess. So, yep. We'll see. We will see. see. They should be undersized and not quite as quick up front. So we will see. Mm How we do, but those are the guys we're going to be watching. And these are our bold predictions, starting with you, Scott. Explain this one for everybody what you think, why you think Heinrich's going to knock one of these out of the park. So, my bold prediction of the game is that Heinrich Harburg takes one to the house, but it's going to be a 65 plus yard to the house run. 
And it's going to be like one of those design quarterback draws, or it's going to be, you know, like, well, it's going to be designed. It's going to be designed. It's not going to be because of a scramble. It's going to be designed. Mm. Um, I just think, I think he's our starter. And I think he got a lot of confidence in that game. And I think, I think you're going to see a big jump from game one to game two with him as our starter. I think we see a lot more productivity out of him. And I'd say he gets over, over the century mark with his rushing yards. I mean, with this, with this one stat line alone, I mean, that accounts for two thirds of that stat line. So, Mm -hmm. um, that makes a lot of sense, but yeah, I think I think I think he uh, I think he takes a step forward, um, quite literally, and takes one to the house. righty. Well, then the next slide there is your score prediction. Yes, my score prediction for this one is Nebraska wins steadily, and we win thirty-eight to ten. And it's once again one of those one of those situations where we're actually winning like thirty-eight to three, and. <laughs> and our defense is once again challenged with being, you know, third and fourth stringers going up against their starters and you have to make a yeah. stop and they don't do it again. So, um, but this time, you know, Louisiana tech takes the, you know, the extra point. They don't, they go PAT. They don't go, you know, two point conversion for one reason or another. I mean, Hey, good practice for NIU, I guess, you know, sure. get those, get those <laughs> two point conversions in live game situations. That's right. You know, right? Get them, get them all you can. Obviously, with thirty-eight to ten, you're predicting that Alvano hits a field goal. Do you think he gets a shot at something that's fairly long in this game and gets a little confidence by kicking something forty-plus yards? Yeah, I think let's say it's going into the second half. Maybe this is a secondary bold prediction. It's like uh, we're we're driving down the field to go into halftime and. You know, but we're just running the ball. We're not. We're not trying to run up the score. We're just running, running, boom, boom, boom. You know, Anthony Grant takes you know big chunk play. So does mm-hmm. uh, Gabe Irvin, et cetera, et cetera. And then it's like, okay, there's two seconds left. We're on our. You know, there's tw- we're at the twenty. We're almost in the red zone. It's or not? No, 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 no. Let's say because you're like, yeah, he needs to bomb one. So let's say it's at like the thirty-three, and so he has to bomb. You know, it's almost fifty yarder from there. Yeah. yeah. Yep, and he's got the wind in his face, and and he just clutches it, and it just goes right down the middle, and that's the only uh, that's the only field goal we see, and then yeah, we win, we Yay, win, go we big win. red, we're two and two, <laughs> yay. Well, I'll throw your bold prediction back up there just so you can see how it matches up with mine. Mine is very similar in that I believe that Anthony Grant busts a big run. For at least 50 yards or more than 50 yards, but he doesn't score. He gets caught from behind um, or something that I affect gets run out of bounds inside the 10. So, um, and that leads to my score prediction, which is just a little different than yours. Another seven points and a single point less that the defense gives up. I don't think they even, I think they're going to be pissed. I don't think the third and fourth strings are going to take too kindly to the fact that, uh, they scored on them this last week, and they're only going to give up three field goals in this game. Um, but they're going to score 45 points, and I think Tristan Alvano will kick one from, let's say, outside of 35 yards, somewhere between 35 and 40-yard field goal. So that would be my secondary, if you will, bold prediction. Um, so that, my son, 
wraps up. That's how you do it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wraps it all. Look at up. us. We're making good time here. We're doing all right. We're doing all right. It's better than what we normally do, right? Mm -hmm. I For mean, sure. usually we get to yak, and next thing you know, it's an hour and a half. Well, that's usually when we've got the cousins because they won't stop freaking arguing. So true. Um, <laughs> so closing things out. Uh, oh, I meant to mention this earlier. I wanted to put Decoldis Crawford as the offensive player for Louisiana Tech that I was going to watch. But then when I looked at the stat line and I saw absolutely zero stats for Decoldis, I'm like, ah, probably not going to see him on the field. So maybe he played last yesterday, but he just never registered a stat. So, yep. Um, <laughs> but. Fun facts. Go ahead. I know you've got an interesting one that everybody's going to be fascinated to know. Oh, yeah. So the super exhilarating and fun fact about me that's just going to make you go, wow. And you're almost going to want to go to therapy because you can't get over the envy of this <laughs> wonderfully fun fact about me, which is that I have bad eyeballs. Um, that's it. You're I have welcome. bad eyesight. Um, and it's not even like the good bad eyesight. Like most people when they have bad eyesight, it's because like the coating on their eyes is too thick. So they get LASIK and remove some of it. And it's like, ta-da. Well, I have the opposite problem. I don't have enough flesh on my eyes. So I have to like essentially acquire a dead person, a cadaver, and I have to retrieve the skin from their eyeballs and I have to skin graft eye material to my own eye in order mm. to fix the problem mm, and no. has a lower success rate for obvious reasons. Um, and I, you know, just not, not particularly interested in that. So I wear the, I wear glasses. I wear contacts. You've seen me, you know, if you've been a stream regular or YouTube regular or anybody where, where, you know, the visuals of our show here, you will know that I, Sometimes wear glasses, sometimes wear contacts. It's probably mostly contacts. But uh yeah, this is this is how bad my eyes are. So here we go. Look at this. I can mm, wait. Wait. There yeah, we go. I think that's it. Is that good? The the puss in boots eyeballs from uh Shrek. Yeah. Yeah, they magnify he, he did that to me when he was younger. He'd grab his glasses whenever I'd say no to something and he'd do that. He'd pull the glasses out and make his eyes real big. And it's like, God dang it. How do you say no to the Puss in Boots eyeballs? But, uh, Oh, uh, you know what? I, that actually does remind me. So this can be a little bit funner of a fun fact because of this reminder that I had. So because I have really bad eyesight. So these glasses are actually like, you know, I paid extra money so that they're thinner lenses. So these are mm -hmm. actually already as thin as they can possibly be. And in boot camp, they didn't want you to have that technology. They just wanted to get you whatever cheap lenses fit your prescription. And so they got me my prescription. And I mean, them shits were like Coke bottles. Um, and excuse me. And so there was there was a funny moment in boot camp. It was actually a collection. It was it was a collaboration of of funny moments featuring multiple drill instructors. The first one was that when we were doing our practice qualification for rifles, 
you just kind of do a mock. You just go through, this is what it's like to rifle qualify. And you, you know, you track your scores and whatnot, and you kind of get an idea of where people are at as shooters, but there's no, there's no officiality to it. Um, well, on practice qual, I was doing really good. I actually got like, I think I got second high out of our company um, and highest in my platoon. So my drill instructors were, you know, ecstatic about it. And so I started the day with shooting. So the second half of the day means I'm down in the pits and I'm running, I'm running up targets and bringing them back down. And my drill instructor, Sergeant Triplay, he's like, he comes over and he's like, he's like, what the F McCone? I heard that you somehow got platoon high and shooting like, where'd that come from you goofball or whatever? Cause he just thought I just looked so strange. Like I just looked like an alien to him. I don't know what it was. He thought it was like a lizard person. I don't know. Um, and he's like looking at me and he's like, how in the hell did you, he's like, you ever shot before? I was like, no, sir. He's like, ah, that makes sense. And you know, a few, you know, explicit words later. Um, he just is like, he's like, no, I think no, he leaves. That's what it is. He leaves and then he comes back and he's pissed off. And he's like, No, you you're you're cheating, McCone. You're cheating. You're cheating. We caught you cheating. And I was like, wait, what? I'm like, how in what way did I cheat? I'm like, is there some rule I wasn't aware of? Was I holding my magazine when I was shooting? I don't know. Well, it turns out that he was just pissed that I had my glasses. And he's like, he's like, He's like, it's because of those portholes on your face. It's like you're wearing a second set of RCOs on your face. So you have tooth scopes, which I believe disqualifies you, and we're going to have to drop you from boot camp. Because um, that's contraband. That. He's like, you're going to have to take off your portholes when you shoot McCone. Is that going to be okay? <laughs> you know, just like, and I'm like, no, sir, that won't be good. Well, then, well, then he People goes, might die. And then he, but then he puts me on, then he puts me on water jug duty, which is the worst possible duty you can have working down in the pits. Cause literally all you are doing is walking back and forth with two five gallon water jugs and asking recruits if they need their canteens refilled. And you just go back and forth, back and forth. Mm. There's no stopping, no stopping. And you do it like all morning or all afternoon. Mm. Um, so they'll rotate you out, of course, but somebody's got to do it. And uh, and so uh, I'm sitting there doing canteen duty, and he starts bullying me about my glasses. And then he's like, he's like, coming up with all these crazy ass like metaphors and stuff because he was clever like that. And he's just like, he's like, hey, McCone, what do you think uh, the time is right now? And it's probably getting close to chow. I bet you think it's close to chow, don't you? What time do you think it is right now? And I said, and I even remember this. I said 10.55. And he looks at his watch and he freaks the hell out because I guess the exact time. Because we're not allowed to know time in boot right. camp. There's no clocks anywhere. Nobody has watches. You are completely oblivious to time. You go back to the tribalistic ways mm. of our ancient ancestors of just looking at the damn sun and being like, well, that looks about that ish time. Um, so I guess it right. <laughs> and then, and then he's all pissed off and he's like, what do you think we're going to have for dinner tonight then McCone? And I was like, he's like, well, you're obviously thinking about chow. So what do you think you're going to have for chow? 
And uh, I was like a sack nasty. He's like, well, of course you're going to have a sack nasty. You always get sack nasties, you dumbass. He's like, what, what do you think you're having for dinner tonight? And I was like, chili mac. And of course at the chow hall that night, there was chili mac. Yeah. There was chili mac. And so I was called recruit Nostradamus from that day forward. <laughs> and so there would be other drill instructors that he would entertain with my wizardly ways. And so if I'd be leaving like class or leaving somewhere or whatever, I'd be running out and they'd be like, recruit Nostradamus. And I'd be like, and <laughs> it wouldn't register at me first. It took me a while to register. That is my name. And I was like, shit. And then I'd go run to right. them and they'd be like, recruit, recruit McCone. <laughs> what's the what's the weather like gonna be next week and i'm like hot as fuck sir and (laughs) and then i got in trouble for that because i'm not supposed to cuss as a recruit because we're good christians as recruits (laughs) we're not allowed to cuss um oh that's great that's a great story i'm glad you thought of that (laughs) yeah so that's a fun i guess that is a fun fact i'm glad i went off on that little on that little story time but yeah yeah so that was highly boring oh and it turns out that my coworker, I won't name names, but I have a coworker who I've told you this before, but I'll say it just for podcast entertainment. I work with a guy who was in boot camp exactly a year later than me and mm. had my drill instructor, Sergeant Triplay, and cool. had him as his senior drill instructor as a staff sergeant. So he got mm. him promoted and he was a senior. And when I told him this story, he mm-hmm. was like, that is the most Sergeant Triple thing you could imagine. <laughs> um, so he thought yeah. he thought the story was even funnier. And I was so like I was so thrilled to be able to tell him the story because I was like, That's very cool. you will understand this, this level of humor this man had. He was a funny guy. Oh, that's great. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Oh. Anyway. What do you got, sir? What's a fun fact about uh, you? Well, yeah, I've said it before on the show the last couple of weeks, this new Blackstone Grill and I are becoming very good friends. And uh, while I have not made that lime honey pork chop situation yet, I really want to. I just haven't done it yet. I did get to put some salmon on that thing, and I am not a salmon fan by any stretch of the imagination. Ooh, I've had smoked salmon good. before that our buddy our mutual friend Steve Baumgartner has made and it was outstanding. So I started kind of getting into eating some salmon more over the last few years. And we put some on that Blackstone and I'm here to tell you, it didn't have a lot of seasoning on it. Had some special stuff that your mom found that specifically, I think for salmon had a little zing to it, but it wasn't very salty. So I had a touch of salt and oh my goodness, salmon came out really good. So that's it. (laughs) Next will be the lime honey pork chops, I hope. Oh, I did make, I don't remember if it was before last show or if it was this, I think it was this last week. I did make uh, Philly beef sandwiches on the grill. Oh, you did? Um, Yeah, I didn't do steak. We had some extra ground beef that your mom had pre-cooked, like two pounds of it. So I went ahead and I grilled a bunch of, you know, mushrooms, peppers, and onions with some steak seasoning, added some steak seasoning to that, and then mixed it all together on the grill and then added a can of cream of mushroom soup just to tie it together. And then I had some ciabatta rolls that we bought and I spread butter on them and put some garlic salt on them. And that was the toast. And that we put the, you know, put the, and then I melted the cheese on top of the meat before I put it separated out into portions, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they came out 
really, really good. So yeah, yeah. cannot complain. I love the Blackstone. There's so much you can do with it. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for more Blackstone escapades, I suppose. Yes, yes. I'll have to make a stake on there sometime. Mm, you won't be sorry. Yeah. You won't be sorry. I'd like so, to try that. I think that pretty much wraps us up, my son. Um, where can folks Perfect. find you out there on the old socials? Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at Scott Genred Pod. That is Scott with two T's. The second T is silent. I was not active during on Twitter during this last game, mostly because I was at it and I had no reception. Like normally I can get a little bit of like, mm-hmm. you know, scrap, you know, bottom of the tin can, you know, beggar, you know, just a little bit. Nothing. Even the Wi Fi was really wonky. Yeah, usually I can at least refresh Twitter once every like three to five minutes, but no, I get nothing. So um, you should see me, you know, get a little bit more active for this next game because I will uh, be watching it from home. Maybe not from here. I'll be uh, out of town visiting the in-laws, but um, yeah, yeah. Follow me on Twitter. Shenanigans and, and all that and whatnot. So strap yourself in. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. And you can, of course, follow the show at GenRedPod on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and then Generation Red on your favorite podcast app if you're tuning in a little late. Uh, we have an issue with our feed on Apple Podcasts, so if you're not getting the latest content on Apple Podcasts, just unsubscribe from the version of Generation Red you're listening to now. Do a new search, find us, and resubscribe. You'll see our ugly mugs on our new album artwork. That's how you'll know it's the new feed. Yes. So, um, genredpod.com is our face or our website where you can click on all of our social links as well as watch all of our sh- old shows or listen to our old podcasts. And genredpod at gmail.com is the email address for any comments, questions, or suggestions for the show. If you want to be a guest, send us or, a message and let us know. Or send us memes. Yes. Send us a good meme. We might good feature it on the awesome. show. I like memes and I'll share them on the show. Yeah, Absolutely. send us memes. It show. doesn't even have to be in the email, but please send it to the email so that we have a reason to check it. But otherwise, send it on Twitter. <laughs> That's or, right. Give us a reason to Facebook. check our email, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Send us your memes. They don't have to be Cornhusker related. Just please, no nudity. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No certain picks. We don't need those. Yes. Um. Anyway, for Scott and myself, together we're Generation Red. We really appreciate you watching. And we're here to remind you every single week that there is no place like Nebraska. Iowa's corn just sucks. That's all That's all there is to it. That's all it needs to be said. It, it makes absolute perfect sense. Anyway, until next week when we cover the Louisiana Tech game right here, 3.30 p.m. Central Time next Sunday. And we'll be joined, hopefully, by Dave from Husk Guys. He plans to, so should be a fun conversation. And our buddy that you saw at the beginning of the show, if you didn't see it and you heard it, heard it Texas Toast, otherwise known as Jake. We met him outside the stadium. He's planning to join us as well. Should be a fun conversation. So until then, good night and go Big Red. Go Big Red.